Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. She released her first album at just 16 years old and found sudden, explosive fame. Five number one songs, the fastest selling solo debut in Christian music history. Then came an unexpected career twist, a young marriage ending in a battle with feelings of brokenness and uselessness. But God repurposed those experiences for a greater plan as he renewed Jackie Velasquez's faith, resurrected her career, and blessed her with a beautiful family. Jackie invites readers to trust and dream new dreams for their lives in her new book, When God Rescripts Your Life, Seeing Value, Beauty, and Purpose When Life is Interrupted. What a joy to have you here today, Jackie. I learned so much that I didn't know in the book, and... One of the revelations really was that your classroom growing up was your parents' trusty Honda. Uh, to be specific, it was in the back seat of the Honda. It was the back seat. And so we had our stuff packed, you know, in the trunk. And so I had a TV VCR combo unit, a VHS tapes. Yes, those did exist at one point. And they were clunky, okay? But I did find that if you actually taped over a, p- a portion of the tape, you could record other stuff from the television but you had to know how to do that. Anyway, I figured that out much later in life. I used to, I never did tape over my um, school tapes. I actually did watch them, more hey. or less. And so I used to, yeah, that's how I did my schoolwork, was in the back of, uh, of our Honda Accord, traveling from Texas to Colorado to New Mexico, just everywhere around the world. You don't happen to remember the name of some of the curriculums you used, did you? Because I, I did the same thing. Of course I do. I used a Becca. I'll bet we had some of the same teachers. I did the same one. Really? You did? Yep, yep. yep. I feel I feel That's like it. a kindred spirit with you now because of this in any case. Yes, yes. It's, it's a Becca forever. So the reason that you find yourself on the road doing your schooling in your youthful days is because your parents are traveling all across the country doing ministry and music. And they discover before too long that, wait a second, the young lady, Jackie, she has a pretty tremendous talent herself. Do you remember much about how that was first discovered? At first, I was just doing like background vocals, like, you know, just doing harmonies with my parents. But by the time I was 11, like it was about a year later, um, I, I was kind of front and center quite a bit. So I, I guess I guess about 11 years old. And so, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was 29 years ago. So we welcomed one of your good friends, Amy Grant, on the show just a couple of months ago. She's one of the endorsers of your book, Jackie, and she told us that one of the real blessings of getting a recording contract when you're in your mid-teens, she was 15, you were 16, is that you don't really understand how big of a deal it is, and so you're not intimidated. That's the most, that's the best way to have ever put it. You're just naive enough to not know how awesome it is and how crazy and how just how wild it is for sure you know we really have seen the truth of this played out in so many stories again and again if you think you're going to be tested by the tough times 
just wait until you're tested by the extremely, extraordinarily successful times. And obviously you talk about and you write about how thrilled you were to experience such success, really when you didn't expect it so soon. But at the same time, there were also some negative aspects of that success. And one of those you say was the appearance of so many yes people, as you call them. That's a, that's exactly it. With success, you're, you're going to be surrounded by people that, yeah, that say yes, that every idea that you have is a great idea because either you're paying their paychecks or they, you're going to pay for the meal. I mean, if, if the person that you're going out to have dinner with suggests a certain restaurant and you know they're going to pay, you're not going to question where you're going. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of how it was for me. And because of, you know, being so young with so much success and so many yes people, I mean, you're going to make poor choices. You're going to make choices that affect, uh, that affect you, uh, spiritually, that affect you, um, um, you know, career wise, um, ministry wise, it's going to affect so many different things. And, um, and oftentimes I, I think we confuse God's will with our, or we confuse our dreams with God's will and mm. God's plan. Mm. Um, we have this dream of like, for me, I wanted to, I wanted to act in this film and I was just like, well, it's my dream and God knows the desires of my heart and it's, so it's gotta be God's will versus actually listening to what God's will truly, truly was and paying attention to the couple of voices that were not saying yes. But we're actually saying no and listening to that wisdom that God was using them to speak in my life. And so, so often we just, we just plow through life and we make poor choices. And then we make a poor choice. We realize the poor choice and we try to DIY a poor choice with making another poor choice instead of allowing God to work and redeem us and, 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 and turn what, what we have messed up, turn it into something good. We just continue to go down this rabbit trail of just, ah, oh, trying to fix it ourselves. If you're listening today and thinking, wow, that is a very familiar voice. Who is that? That's Jackie Velasquez, the multi-platinum yes. recording artist, advocate, actress, the author of the new book, When God Rescripts Your Life, Seeing Value, Beauty, and Purpose When Life is Interrupted. You mentioned the film, uh, the film called Chasing Poppy, which, I mean, had to seem like an extremely exciting opportunity at the time. But in the end, you say it was the beginning of a really tough season for you. How did it turn into that? And particularly the reaction from CCM, which had been, you know, in a way, sort of like your family since you're 16 years old. Well, I think up until that point, I was kind of like a golden child. So, you know, lots of people around me and lots of... um you know, lots of excitement and like, you know, just getting off every opportunity handed to me on a silver platter. When the opportunity came for, um, to do the film called Chasing Poppy, it was a romantic comedy and it was a story about three girls all dating the same guy. And it was not a Christian film. It was, you know, 20th Century Fox. It was my first audition. I got the part and I was just like, this is awesome. I'm still going to do this. And then I had a couple people around me that said, no, this is a bad idea. Well, in my selfishness and in my youth and just in all my, in my sin, I chose not to listen to those people, listen to not heed any wisdom. 
but decided to take it into my own hands because surely this is what God had in store for me mm-hmm. because this was my dream. So in my naivety, I really feel like it was like I was being handed a sports cart and I didn't even know how to drive. Wow. And, and with that film came a lot of backlash, um, uh, pastors, promoters, like kind of canceling events that I was supposed to sing at. And hindsight 2020, I look back and I, I understand why they did that because, you know, they, all they saw was Jackie's making a poor choice. She's acting in a film, but it's not a faith-based film and it's not a Christian film. And we've trusted her with our daughters, with our, our congregation. And I'm, we're not sure if she's trustworthy anymore. So I understand that part now as a grown up, but at the time, it was very difficult, and I felt very um, hurt and kind of like, like shafted because all of a sudden you wanted me, you wanted me, and now you don't want me. It was very hurtful for me, but, but instead, of, instead of allowing God <laughs> to do what he wanted to do with that, instead of taking my poor, allowing God to take my poor choice and redeem it, I took matters into my own hands. And I just, you know, decided that I'll just pull a rabbit out of a hat. So I decided I was going to marry somebody. So the next guy I dated, I got married to. And I always say that um, that was my attempt at DIYing a mistake with yet another mistake. So about a year and a month later, I so I always say I accidentally got married and intentionally divorced. So a year and a couple months later, I got divorced. And the funny thing was, I remember standing there at the church going, I don't want to do this. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But at that point, it's come out in all the magazines that I was getting married because I had been a true love weights girl. It had, um, people were in the seats. I mean, the caterers had been paid. It's like, get the job done. The pressure was on. So that led to divorce. And, uh, and that also led to me running away. And let me tell you this. The problem with running away is you take you with you. It takes, it, there is something so um, difficult and powerful when you're willing to, um, to face the critics, to face the naysayers, and just hang your head and go, yeah, I'm messed up instead of running away. Because when you do that, you're just, you're just delaying the inevitable. Wow. Jackie Velasquez is with us today. She's a multi-platinum recording artist, an advocate, an actress, the author of the new book, When God Rescripts Your Life, <laughs> Seeing Value, Beauty, and Purpose When Life is Interrupted, here today on the road for Faith Radio. Did you run away to England, by the way? Is that where you went? Yes, I ran away to London, England. I, w- I actually lived in Notting Hill, just like the movie Notting Hill. Yeah, that's where I lived. I lived like right off that road, Portobello Road. It was amazing. It was, it really was actually a blast. Um, I, I had this roommate uh, who was Scottish and he was hilarious. She was entertaining for me, for sure. I, after that time while I was there, I, I missed my mom. So I had to come home and I knew I had to face whatever was going to be in front of me. 
you actually put this in the book in a way that I wanted to share because it's so beautiful. You say, ignoring what we don't like in our lives does not make those <laughs> things invisible. It just puts off yeah. the inevitable. Eventually, one way or another, we're going to have to deal. Yeah. We're going to have to deal with it and we're going to have to face it. And it's hard. It's not easy and it's not fun, but you do have to deal with it and you have to face it because it's only then when you're standing there going, okay, I get it. I see it now. That's when God can actually do something. You have to acknowledge what you're, what's hurting, what doesn't fit, what doesn't, what doesn't look right, what doesn't feel right. Acknowledging that is the first step for God to being able to, to redeem it and to change it for his glory. How did you find yeah. the courage to begin to do that? And how did he begin to, to deal in your heart and in your life? I think I had to, for me personally, the way that I found the courage was realizing that there was nothing left. There was nothing to go back to, nothing to come back to, nothing there for me, but just to be kind of at the bottom. Because there's only way one, there's only one way up after that, and that's to go back up. So I had to hit the bottom. And, um, like, uh, and God actually, he's going to use whatever he wants to do what he needs to get done. I, uh, during that whole process, during that whole time frame, I'd had a polyp on my vocal cord. And, um, and so this polyp made it very difficult for me to sing. And I knew I was going to have to have surgery. So God used that time, that time when me needing surgery for me to have to come back home, um, to face, to face the shame, to face the embarrassment, to, to face all the criticism. But the, the interesting thing about it, now that I look back at it, is I was going to come back and face, and face the shame and face the criticism, but because I was going to have to have surgery, I was never going to be, I was not going to be able to speak to say anything about what anybody was saying <laughs> because I, I couldn't talk. I think it was six or eight weeks. It was a while. Oh my goodness. I was not allowed to utter a word. But isn't that so powerful to think of the fact that you're going to have to say something and you can't say anything? Like, people are going to be able to say anything about you to you, but you can't say anything back. Man, God can do a lot, a lot with that. Wow. That is uh, an incredible, an incredible journey right there. You know, we yeah. often hear the description of our God as the great physician. You, <laughs> yes, and he is. <laughs> you say that he's also the great optometrist. What does that mean? Oh my goodness. How is he not the great optometrist? Um, our oldest son, when he was born, he, um, he was, I prayed for 10 fingers. I prayed for 10 toes. And I tell you what, he gave me the most precious 10 fingers, 10 toes. I remember when he was born, he, um, I looked at his little feet and it was like, they look like daddy's feet. They're so cute. And I just, I fell in love with him. It was after I came back from London, I ended up getting um, back with the guy that I had dated prior to making the movie Chasing Poppy, who was the lead singer for the band Salvador. His name is Nick. So we got back together and, um, and we got married shortly after. Well, then we got pregnant with our son, Zealand. And so, so as Zealand grew, 
I got pregnant with our second son pretty soon after that. Like they're only 14 and a half months apart. So they're super close in age. Mm. We did not plan that, just so you know. Um, so we have, I've got, you know, two babies. Time is going by. And I'm noticing that our oldest son is not meeting the milestones that other kids his age should be meeting. So the typical thing I, I prefer to do, I like to bury my head in the sand when I'm, instead of like actually dealing with stuff. But I couldn't do that because it's my kid. So we had somebody come in from Tennessee early intervention and they did, um, and they kind of, you know, ran some tests and did some different, you know, um, just trying to figure out where he was. So they gave him a pervasive developmental delay um, kind of label. Um, that's what they said, you know, you know, he's just delayed. Okay, well, that was fine. Time was going on and on and on. And it came time for, um, for the school system to have to give Zealand a label because schoolwork was going to get much harder. Testing was going to begin. So it was at the end of second grade. In Tennessee, in third grade is when um, they start the TCAP testing. So they, they, everybody had to, they had to come together. He couldn't just stay with a you know, pervasive developmental delay as sure. his label. So, um, so they met with us at the end of second grade, and they, uh, they told us, Mr. and Mrs. Gonzalez, they got together with the pediatrician, they got together with, like, the people from the school system, everybody, the who's who of the school district was at this meeting. And they said, Mr. and Mrs. Gonzalez, Zealand is autistic. And that hit me in the gut. Uh, they showed me the paperwork from the pediatrician as well. He concurred. They all concurred. Zealand's autistic. This is the same baby that I prayed for, for 10 fingers, 10 toes. Perfect little baby. He struggles to communicate. He struggles to make sense. He has so many struggles. And I just remember that that day, my heart was totally broken. And I went through a, I had to go through a mourning period. I went through a mourning period um, for about six months, just angry with God. I was mourning the dreams I had for Zealand. I had to mourn the dreams while he was in my belly, the dreams that he would get married and have kids. I mean, all of those things were just dying in front of my eyes with this new development, right? So um, during that time, I, I yelled at God, and I was mad at him. And when you look back throughout the Bible in Psalms, you see David, and he, there, you know, it's like he's a, he's like a bipolar because one minute he's praising God and then the next minute he's like, you know, yelling at God, why did you forget me? What, what was, you know, just That's right. That's right. And, and for me, I was doing that, but I was never praising. It was just the yelling and angry. And the weird thing about it was during that whole time frame, I never, like God never said anything. There I was yelling, yelling at him, cursing at him, angry with him. God never chastised me. He never said, I get it. He never said anything. After that six-month period of that anger and that mourning, it was like, it was like, it was like God just said, okay, are you done? And I'm like, oh, oh. He's, he said, get back up. Now it's time to fight. 
Hmm. It's time to fight. It's time to fight for your son. It's time to fight because he cannot fight on his own. You have to be the fighter for him. And there I am going, oh, God, I don't even like confrontation. How am I going to do this? <laughs> so, um, but the thing that made me realize was this, being God being back to the great optometrist. So many times he has to take the way we see things and adjust them into his lens, towards his lens of value, okay? And oftentimes, <clears throat> him being the great optometrist, he can see stuff in us that we can't see in ourselves. When he gives us a struggle, when, he's, when, he, gives, when, when he hands us a challenge, but we just seem like this is so above my pay grade. The thing about God is he sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. In me, he saw strength. In me, he saw a fighter. In me, he saw relentlessness, something I never could have seen in myself, but he saw it. And that's why he saw fit to give me a son with special needs, a son that struggles to communicate, even though daddy and I, our whole ministry, our whole lives, it's all been based on communication because you cannot have a ministry if you can't communicate. And so I go back to this. So when I was pregnant with Zealand, um, I remember in my spirit, I knew that God had a ministry for my son, that Zealand was going to have a ministry. Now my son is in sixth grade, okay? I don't fully understand what this ministry is going to be and what it looks like, but I hold true and I'm keeping him. I'm, I'm, I'm holding him to his promise that Zealand is going to have a ministry and he's going to have to figure out how that's going to work and how that's going to look because that's a promise that he made to my spirit when I was pregnant. So these, all these stories, all these journeys, they're still unfolding. Your story, your journey is still unfolding. He is going to interrupt our plans. He's going to interrupt our best laid plans, our, our to-do list, our, our world. He's going to interrupt it. And sometimes when he interrupts it, it's going to feel like, okay, so what do I do with this, right? It's been interrupted. Now what do I do? You have to wait for his interpretation. And sometimes that interpretation, it comes quickly. And sometimes he's kind of like, you know, the cable guy. He tells you, I'll be at your house between the hours of 10 and three. So you're just going to sit at your house all day long, waiting on God to show up. And he does show up eventually, but he does it in his timing. So when those plans are interrupted, when your life is interrupted, wait for his interpretation. He has an interpretation for the past and, and for the journey that he has in store for you. Wow. Well, sorry, that... I, I talked, I spoke a lot. Sorry, that was no. a long time. I'm so sorry. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. That was so many people are going to identify, be encouraged, inspired by this story. Jackie Velasquez has been with us today, multi-platinum recording artist, advocate, actress, the author of the new book, When God Rescripts Your Life, Seeing Value, Beauty, and Purpose When Life is Interrupted. And the book we know available wherever fine books are sold, Jackie, but you are active in so many areas and just encouraging people in so many ways. If we want to follow you and learn more about your ministry, where's the best place to go? Instagram. I've got a website, JackieVelasquez.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, Jackie Velasquez Official, and then Twitter at Jackie Velasquez. There you go. Well, it was such a treat to have you here today. Thank you so much for 
Thank being you. willing to be open and tell this story to share <laughs> your heart and share your music and thanks for being with us today oh thank you so much ryan god bless you guys and, and keep up the ministry okay thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of faith radios on the road for more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes look for on the road when you visit myfaithradio.com Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.